you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. Like we're not going to notice that the price changed. But that's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I told y'all and <laughs> left the story about going to the Tigers game on a little bit longer than I needed to. So obviously it's an update. I'll tell y'all, it went great. The tickets we had were amazing. And uh, we two different spots. They were, you know, they had the picture. And you never know, you know, is that picture going to be, you know, is it, are they zooming in? No, these pictures were great. And, and they're right on there. You click the picture of the section you're in. You kind of get an idea of where you're going to be sitting. It was great. I'm planning a day trip over to Houston to check out a game. And I've been looking for tickets. And they're coming in at five, six, ten dollars in great seats. So SeatGeek does it all for you. Uh, it's the only place I ever go to look for tickets for games and concerts anymore. SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if the prices fall. Even better, every SeatGeek ticket is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats and before you buy you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat which I mentioned earlier is a great great feature probably my favorite feature but best of all SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price unlike StubHub SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and there's never surprises with huge fees at checkout and guys I got a $20 rebate for you off of your first SeatGeek purchase all you got to do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and add a promo code. Enter the promo code SLEEPER. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. of the sleeper in the bus it is sunday june 5th i'm your host paul spore joined by jason collette jason how's it going uh, i am feeling like david wright um something is up with my neck and i'm not in good shape That's you know good. flying around this weekend to minneapolis and then over here to hartford connecticut uh, certainly didn't help <laughs> help matters so i'm doing this with a big heating pad around my neck tonight Ouch. And yeah just so people know he's using skype through his phone so it sounds it sounds fine, but obviously it's not at peak sound. So let's uh, let's keep that in mind before you send the hate tweets on on the sound. Yeah, because I, I forgot good. to pack I forgot to pack my my USB mic uh, for this trip, and then the 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 mic in my laptop is not being recognized for some reason. So even, this is Plan B. Even the travel wizard has flubs. So what chance do we have, folks? Um, we're going to talk a, a good handful of players tonight. I'm very interested in these guys. And we are going to start with your Rays because there's some there's some real intrigue here. Uh, just looking at today's box score alone, but these guys uh, all deserve some attention. Two, two on the positive side, one maybe not so much, uh, but I want to start on the positive. <laughs> Logan Morrison's a guy that i got to get your thoughts on. I talked about him, I think we talked about him last week, uh, um, Eno and I, just you know, kind of gave some thoughts. I'm at a loss with the guy. I understand that my sometimes I think my my dislike of of his personality <laughs> pushes me the wrong way in fantasy where I don't necessarily take his his number seriously, which is a bias for sure and a problem. 
but I am interested in, in if you're seeing anything here that maybe Eno and I aren't because I think we I think it was a pretty tepid review. But another couple of homers today. He's raking. He's randomly running. What's going on with Logan Morrison that you're seeing? He's using all parts of the field, man. Since May 1st, he's now batting 358 with a 445 OBP and a 611 slug. And let's, and let's understand, his OPS in April was about 111. I mean, it was yeah. it was unbelievable how bad he was in April. So bad. And then it's like click, and he's the one taking off. And it's like Corey Dickerson. I'm hoping Dickerson's the next guy because Dickerson looks awful. Dickerson since May first, one seventy seven, two ten, three sixty five. He's swinging from his heels. Morrison just won't even make good contact in April. Now, you know, home runs to center, home runs to left, home runs to right. Yeah, it's 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 honestly fun to watch him. Uh, hit and this is a guy that I wanted them to cut. I was like, it, it, "This is Pat Burrell 2.0. Get rid of him. Gone. Bye." You know, and yeah, I'm I'm glad that somebody else runs this team and not me. Where would you where where would you pick up somebody like Logan Morrison right now? I mean, obviously we've missed a lot of his good work. Uh, AL only is probably already on a team ahead ahead of this most recent part of his run because I think he's he kind of started it maybe couple weeks back so he's probably owned there what sort of mixed league is it taking for you to even consider logan morrison uh 15 he's, he's still not 12 because you like i said you, you missed the fun stuff uh it's going to be real tough for him to maintain this but at least he's not the dead slug because <laughs> you know well we see him in the past we know that he's you know a 240 250 hitter yeah. but again that's that's league average these days and really it's it's the power at the first base that you worry about but the way he's hitting the home runs now, his end of season number should be there. Yeah, I, I think the two the two bombs today ended up getting him. I think he's got eleven on the year. Or am I wrong there? He's got I'm seven. Trying to roll it up. He's got seven, seven okay. this yeah, year. So I'm a little, I'm a little uh, high on that. But he had zero coming into May. That, that's in the fact. Thing. He didn't have an extra base hit until sometime in the month of May. He looked done. Logan Morrison did, and it it, it was brutal. You know, you mentioned he's hitting 100. He had a 290 OPS. Uh, after the first day of May where he went 0 for 4, it sank to 272. That was pretty much the low, uh, the, 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 deep, the deepest it got. That's 20 games in. That's so bad, right? And, but it's still just 20 games, and that's why you hear small sample size so much because even that, 20 games of God-awfulness, it's like, well, you can, you can still start to dig out of that. And, and pretty much he, he didn't really get going immediately after that. It was actually about the game 29 a- area if you start to do that break 28 games before 20 games since it, the 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 differences are so stark but i agree with you i think 15 team if you're gonna get them i don't even i think it's corner only too because i just don't know that the power is gonna hold up but i want to talk about the other corner infielder in in uh in tampa bay evan longoria having a little bit of a resurgence himself and i love this one because i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of my bias I like Evan Longoria. I like when he succeeds, and I like seeing him back on track. He struggled a little bit out of the gate, but nowhere near to the level of like a Logan Morrison. So even at like a 684 OPS, yeah, it's below expectations, but we probably shouldn't have been freaking out too much. And then basically since the calendar turned to May, he's been beasting. He had a 942 OPS since May 1st before today when Evan Longoria hit two homers as well. By the way, the Rays just slugging the hell out of the ball in Minnesota. Uh, what's up with Longoria? Is he, is he looking healthy? Is this something that can stick? Is he going to be an 800-plus OPS guy for the season? By the way, this comes from Mark Simon of ESPN. The Rays lead 
lead all of baseball in hard contact this year. That's crazy, and they're and they're still ambushing guys. I think the uh, <laughs> the the piece that you did long ago, you, you kind of jumped on that, showing how quickly they were in on it. You know, I heard it mentioned on the uh, the Tigers broadcast. You know, when we played them, they were talking about. They did not credit you by name, or else I would have obviously freaked out. But they said that the, there was an article about um, how how they're jumping on first pitch and how aggressive they've been. And then the the sideline host presented some of the numbers, and they've continued to do that, and it's working from a power standpoint. It's weird that they've got so much power, and yet the offense feels a little bit stagnant. What what's up with Longoria specifically, but also the offense at large? Can they con- contend this year? I mean, this is what they built the team with. I don't think they can contend. I think they're going to be a pain in the butt for a lot of teams uh, with this approach. I mean, they were, uh, you know, heading into Memorial Day weekend. They were leading all of baseball in home runs. I think they've gone back and forth with Seattle since then um, overall. Yeah. But the way they're going after these pitches and hitting them, that's why the offense gets stagnant because if they don't hit the home runs, they don't score. I yes. mean, the, the, it, it's, it feels a lot like the, those Yankee offenses of a couple of years ago where their fans are always complaining about too many homers and, or what we thought the Orioles were going to be this year, this station-to-station team that can't generate runs without the they, home run. They might still be, by the way. They still may. <laughs> Although that, that eighth inning yesterday was a lot of fun, 7 nothing, and all of a sudden it's 7-6 oh, before anybody gets out. I'm, I'm loving what they're doing. I'm just saying that – what, and I think we've even seen a cold period already this year from oh, yeah. them where – you know, they get a little bit when they go cold, they can go freezing cold. This Baltimore team, as as can the Tampa Bay team, as can even the Yankees team that you mentioned. They've, they've, they're still in the midst of that kind of offense, although they don't quite have the highs right now. Uh, right. So I see I, I hear you on the Rays maybe being but, an 80 something win team or high 70s and just messing with teams down the stretch. Right. To get back to Longoria, though, I mean, I think one of the things with Longoria, he goes through different stretches and and he had a stretch earlier in the season. One of the things with him is when he starts, when you watch games, and you start watching him hit the ball to right center field. It's typically a leading indicator for him getting back on track. Oh, wow. Madden used to do some things where Madden would have him hit lead off every now and yep. then. But it, when Longoria, you start watching him drive balls to the other gap, not the fly balls. I'm talking about the line drives and the other. You start seeing them that way, and then he's getting his timing back, and then you see these power outbreaks. I mean, two of the home runs this weekend were off of Brandon Kinsler, and it was the exact same pitch both times. Exact same pitch. Uh, yeah, that fastball up, and he tomahawked it. Uh, but he's hitting him the center. He's hitting him the left. So it's not all just pull power, which is where where he was heading. Uh, you know, one of the things, and and not to say that he's out of the woods yet, but I mean, let's the team's five games below five hundred. Uh, you know, they've been treading. They've barely been treading water, if that. Without uh, without Forsyth, who's due back maybe maybe by next weekend, mm-hmm. and then uh, Kiermaier still six seven weeks out. So you, you lose two of the three best defenders in the field and two of the best, uh, arguably the best at bat at the time. And now that now that Morrison and, and uh, Longoria picked up the pace there uh, with that, but he's you know he's two thirds of the way to his home run total of last year, and he's, he's tracking to get back to thirty home runs. If you, you know, look yeah, right now, he hadn't had 30 home runs since 2013, but that's where he's tracking. Um, and the thing is, we, he, he, he should be doing better uh, of late. The home runs have helped. So some of these have been solo shots, but he has not been a good hitter with runners in scoring position this year. This is, there was this a stretch Longoria, where he was like, way. yeah, this is, there was a stretch where Longoria was two for 30, two for 31 <laughs> with runners in scoring. And, th- and this is in recent weeks. So there, there's an area for improvement. It feels, you know, the fact that he's got 14 homers and 34 runs driven in 
that number should be higher. But that's that's been his issue is he's been having trouble driving guys in um, until this week when you know he's hitting all these home, they're hitting all these home runs and uh, and target field. So uh, you know you like what you see from him. This was the year that everybody was finally. We talked about this. This is the year that everybody was finally not going to draft the name Longoria and just draft the stats. Yep. And now you're getting the stats. You, you're getting what you always thought you were going to get the last couple yeah, of years, but never got it. You're getting what the name portended and 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 infrequently delivered. Um, last up on our on our Tampa Bay Rays Sunday night uh, discussion hour is <laughs> Drew Smiley. Listen, again, they're, they're relevant, so I, I I know we talk to them a lot, but you're so dialed in, it, it, it's worth it. And I was there. I was there for two games this weekend. Exactly. Um, Smiley, I got I got to know what's up, because honestly, fair or not, we all have uh, – let me best step, step back for a second. We all have reactions to how a guy struggles, right? No matter what guy it is, you have your individual reaction for that. Kershaw struggles. Honestly, the first thing I think he probably got unlucky. <laughs> I, I never really think it's his fault. I'm like, eh, something probably happened. It's like uh, Arietta losing today. It's like, yeah. oh, something happened. So, something happened to him. Probably wasn't much of his fault. And, and I understand that you got to investigate, and then you see maybe, okay, probably was. And, and, and a lot of it's his. But honestly, with Smiley, first thing I think, same thing with my boy Waka, they're hurt. The second that they fall, fall off. Now, you can't do it with one start because any guy, even at his peak, when he's running hot, is going to have a bad start. That's just baseball. You're going to make 30-plus starts. You're going to have a handful of stinkers in there outside of the historical seasons. But when you start stringing a couple together, as Smiley has, I have no choice but to immediately move to injury because of how much he's struggled with injuries in the past. And usually, you talk about leading indicator for Longoria, usually a leading indicator for Smiley is the long ball. And lo and behold, he allowed another two today. That is four multi-homer games in his last six outings only one homer free game comically it was at toronto of all places uh which is interesting but smiley is in a downward spiral since really establishing himself in the uh, as or looking like a stud not establishing himself because it was only six starts it was awesome in april he looked like a stud through the first six starts even the first start into may but since then the last six have been brutal do you think he's hurt what's going on with your smiley so I wrote I wrote an article about this at theprocessreport.net last week, uh, late last week about it. And one of the things that came across, we looked at the velocity on the cutter. It was way down. Well, it turns out it's more of a, p- a pitch classification. Uh, you know, it talked about the Brooks guys uh, and even even a source within the team. Uh, you know, but it's it's tough to. Cl- classify the day, the pitches that Smiley throws because the cutter and the change, sometimes they get mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, you, you look at the, you look at the Brooks data for his last couple of starts and the velocity on the cutters back up. So it was something, it looks like it was something to do with pitch classification, clean up later on um, that, but at the same time you watch Drew Smiley pitch and, and a couple of things stand out. One that, that nice high fastball that he had in April, it's just not there. It's it's now, now it used to be a pitch that he would put at the letters. Now it's coming in below the letters. And then the secondary pitches just lack, lack crispness. The cutter, you know, the cutter was something he was throwing 85, 87. And in that article I mentioned a few seconds ago, there's a video of a pitch where he struck out David Ortiz uh, when David Ortiz was rolling. And this was during that one hitter that he threw 
and Fenway. Uh, and the cutter comes, 85-87's darting away. And then if you go back and look at the home runs today, you give up a home run to Robbie Grossman. I'm like, come on. It's one thing to give up one to Byung-Ho Park, and yeah. that's going to happen. And He's that right. was a roller. That one rolled in there, too. And then he gives up the one to Robbie Grossman. But that's now three straight stars that he's given up two home runs. So he, he was on the Sabrehagen metrics thing where he was 2 0 2 0 Zero two, and then it's been two zero two zero two two two, and maybe another two. Maybe I'm losing track, oh. but uh, it's just the stuff's rolling up there. And that's uh, he got strikeouts today, but you should get strikeouts against that Twins lineup. I mean, there's a lot of swing and miss with uh, with the experience of Buxton in there. And I, I don't know if Kepler was in the lineup today. I was traveling, so I didn't. Uh, I only saw the video clips um, and watched uh, two innings of it. But the the pitch quality on Smiley stuff just isn't there. It, it's it's like a different guy has taken over his body. And you look at April and look at man. Part of it is you know it, part of it's uh, on him. I mean, if you watch some of these things, there's been some times where he's had some perceived um, you know slights of the strike zone, and he's getting visibly upset at the umpire. There was a wow. the time where, if you recall, the time where somebody called him for a balk when he was calling timeout, and he got almost you know flipped his lid and lost his mind and. And some of the body language where we've talked about the, the defensive struggles of guys like Maddock and, and Geyer and Souza and everybody out in the outfield and some fly balls that Kiermaier always turns into outs that are becoming base hits now. And, and the, you, you see him shrump his shoulders, look at the sky, a lot of these kinds of things. And it really happened in the start against Kansas City where he got his brains beat out. I mean, he was just up there. I said on Twitter, he's flinging poo at the plate. And he was doing it again today. I mean, I, would, I was watching these highlights and watching the pitch. It's like roll up. And there's just no there's no action to his pitch. And guys are getting really good swings off him. It's, I don't think it's a velocity. And you go look at his velocity charts and you can see that it's, it's down a little bit, but it's, it's down one mile an hour. And we know, you know, I saw Eno mentioned uh, the piece from Mike Fast back in the day where every mile of uh, every mile an hour means something. So it's down a little bit. So it should mean something. But this really is a location thing. And and, and talking with uh, somebody I won't identify, basically, he's got his head up his ass right now. Oh, OK. So uh, there's some ment- mental uh, struggles behind it, for lack of a better word, where he's not staying involved. In this is an issue that I thought has plagued Grinky in the past, where he would get a little bit too upset about things. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Yeah, and I think Matt Moore's in the same boat, too. The whole thing, the, everything snowballs. I just said was pretty much Matt Moore as well. But Matt Moore and Drew Smiley are two peas in the pot at the moment. That's not a pod that, that you want to be in. At this no. at this current stage, uh, so they need to they need to get that cleaned up. What do you, what are you doing with him then? Um, let's say obviously AL only. I think you, you got to hold him. I don't, I don't think that that's uh, that's anything shocking. What what about mixers here? Let's let's start with a ten team. I, honestly, one of these two has got to go to the bullpen for Drew Smiley here. I mean, Matt Andrees has done for enough. For Blake Snell, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that mixed up. The uh, One of these guys has got to go because um, and Andres has earned his time. There's no reason to send it. There's no reason for Andres to go um, back down or go to the bullpen. He's He's been giving them depth and length into the games. Um, you're not doing with Archer. You're not going to do it with Odorizzi. Odorizzi's been the second best guy. So it leaves you with the two lefties. And you can make the case for either guy. I think Moore is the guy that you want to really put in there and put in the bullpen. I think the velocity would play up. Yeah. Um, and for Smiley, he just got to go out there and, and, and figure it get the get back in there and figure it out. But right now, there's a lot of uh, – uh, it's just weird watching him pitch because it was so much fun to watch him pitch. And 
April, and now it's just like, good God, no, please Com- no. Completely two different players at this point. It's really, uh, really disheartening for, for Drew Smiley. So be careful, mixed leagues. I think if you really want to keep him in your mixed league, you need to move him to the bench at the very least. But if he starts popping up on waiver wires, I'm not going to be that surprised if you're in your 10 and 12 teamers and mix and 15 team, I don't think you can push him just yet. Um, let's talk about a guy that, that we had some interest in last year and you went back to the well this year. So you're benefiting from the, uh, the resurgent Mike Napoli. Now we heard about this, uh, sleep apnea thing ahead of last year. And I thought it was going to you know, really help him kind of, kind of take off. Looks like there's a transition period. Even once you start getting on the road to fixing it, it's not instant. And that might be something that's going on with uh, Prince Fielder right now because we just recently learned that he has sleep apnea and it hasn't really turned his his statistics at all. But maybe it's maybe it's a process because I think initially Matt, Mike Napoli said he didn't like the mask. He, he didn't really know how to deal with it still. And so he probably still wasn't getting the, the proper amount or the or quality sleep. Seems to be on track now. He really got back on track a bit with Texas to finish last season, popped a 908 OPS with five homers in 35 games with Texas, place that he'd been comfortable in before. Now with Cleveland, Mike Napoli hit his 14th homer today. Um, he's got up over, I think, an 835 OPS. The one flaw, I guess, is a flaw that's kind of always been there. He's striking out a lot, even more this year. 75 Ks leads the American League. He's low batting average, not even that high of OBP, but at this power, you, you got to take it, right? And this Cleveland offense, we mentioned two surprising offenses with Tampa Bay and uh, Seattle, you know, leading in homers. Cleveland's offense has been surprisingly robust. Where are you at on Mike Napoli? When you look at the overall numbers, right now it's the home runs because the batting average is down. The OBP is not that high for his standards, um, but the slugging percentage is back over 500, and so that's a good thing. But when you look at the the, you know, the first month of the season, you talked about you have the 262 on base average, 205 batting average, was striking out almost 40% of the time. That's the Mike Napoli that the Red OBP is still low for where it is for him. And then this month, obviously, off to a start. He's going to strike out. That's fine. But the walks are back. So the OBP is coming up and the home runs are coming. And you know, we know that's going to be a hot summer. And, we, and that's going to help. That Twins bullpen, obviously, is going to help. He's going to be facing a lot of that. So um, I, I'm glad I went back there. I'm hoping there's more OBP. This is the guy who was in last place in OBP in Town Wars. Um, I need him to come along because Mark Deshera is probably done for the year. Um, yeah. And it, it's nice. It's nice seeing what Napoli could do. And let's understand that that Indians offense is not even full strength. I mean, Michael Brantley's been back for what two games? Uh, yeah, he was two games and it was gone. And then right, right, yeah, right back out yeah. again. So yeah, once he, what if he comes back, gets on track, you know, not instantly, but but ramps it up after like a week or so. Wow, that and, and, like and where's said, my Bradley? Where's Bradley Zimmer? Get Bradley Zimmer man, up already. You know what the uh, the Marlon Bird suspension could certainly expedite that. It would not well, be surprising if I'm not cutting him. I'm still sitting on him. I don't blame and, you. And, and, and your and your update for Bradley Zimmer, he's hitting 231 and triple a double A, but he's got a three. 64 on base percentage and he's 20 for 29 in stolen bases and he's got nine bombs for a 489 uh slug so yeah you'll see the batting average and you'll be like oh well he's sucking right now that's why he never analyzed things just off batting average because those other two numbers can play and it can at least get him to the promotion to triple I, I i could see francisco it. lindor was sucking this time last year too you can never get too hung up on minor league numbers. You just can't. We see countless examples of that. 
um, and Bradley Zimmer could be one. But Bradley Zimmer or Clint Frazier could end up getting the call because it's this outfield. They don't seem to want to make a move to get their two infielders and an old Rajay Davis out. It's Jose Ramirez, Lonnie Chisholm, and Rajay Davis. That can't hold them up all year. So they they got to make moves. Brantley needs to come back, and then one of those two guys could get called up. That'd be interesting. Now, I'm not a huge jerk. Okay, I probably am, but I don't necessarily revel in the failure of players, even the ones that I don't like. First off, I, I, I dislike very few, but we all know one that I really dislike. And he's not pitching so well right now. It's Jonathan Papelbon. But again, I'm not going to kick a not guy. Not just you. I'm not going <laughs> to kick a guy when he's down. He's a clown. Whatever. He's not pitching well, though. This is not just Paul, Paul's, Paul's annoyance with him coming through to try to blast on him. The fact of the matter is the skills are not what they were just as recently as last year for Jonathan Papelbon. And I see somebody like Sean Kelly sitting back there, and I wonder – is there going to be a uh, is there a breaking point here anytime soon? And we know we know how Dusty Baker is with with staying uh, loyal to his veterans. It is only two blown saves, but it's a 318 ERA and a 137 WHIP for Papelbon with just a 19.5 percent strikeout rate, career worst. Walk rate's still good, but the ground ball rate is gone. In fact, it's completely changed from last year. Last year it was 50 percent. This year it's 32 percent. So he's putting the ball in the air a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of pop-ups to go with, and I'm actually checking that not an exorbitant number not a number that you'd really like to see given the spike and so i honestly think he's running hot with his home runs allowed right now at three percent homer to fly ball ratio um and and homers are the worst thing you can do as a closer i gotta think sean kelly is somebody that saves speculators need to pick up what do you think I mean, the numbers are certainly in his favor. The strikeout rate's awesome. He's not walking anybody, but frankly, neither is Papelbon. Papelbon, his, their walk rates were almost you know, essentially identical at this point. Uh, Kelly is stranding an insane amount of runners, 92% uh, compared to 78 for Papelbon. Mm-hmm. And ERA is a full run apart, but FIP is not that far apart for him. Uh, and like you said, Dusty loves his veterans. I mean, kudos to Dusty for benching Trey Turner the second game after he goes three for three in his call-up. Dumbass. Uh, so, I, I, I listen. It's nice. Sean Kelly isn't a veteran, too. By the way, he's thirty-two. Like, he he shouldn't just be leaning on Papelbon because he's Papelbon. He's not thirty-five yet. When he gets to thirty-five, I think it'd be good. That's but when no, you get, I would oh, definitely please. say if you've got. If you've got the bench to stash, I mean, the strikeouts are good enough. He's got the one win. And Kelly really hasn't pitched that much. He's only thrown 18 innings. I mean, his Dusty's very much a, I'm a use a one inning, a one inning, a one inning. Felipe Rivero and Yusmero Petit are leading this team in innings, but nobody's got more than 30 on this team. So he is very, I'm pitching you one inning. It's tough to vulture wins in his, in his bullpen. Blake Trennan's got three of the six wins in that bullpen. That's actually not a, a terrible thing, though, when you talk about spreading out the innings, even though I, I, I'm okay with guys getting longer stints, just not every every night, Dylan Batances. Um, so if you are if you are going to use them regularly, at least you're going an inning at a time. You know, so it's one or the other. Use them all the time, one one inning at a time, or use them a little bit less frequently, but get two innings. And frankly, I would like the latter, but few teams seem to want to implement that. Um, I, I, or you do what? Or you do it. 
Ruben Cash does with Erasmus Ramirez and throw him every other day. He got he almost picked up his eighth win of the year today until Xavier Cedeno gave up a solo shot to the red hot Eduardo Nunez, by the way. Eduardo you got, Nunez. If you, if you picked him up as your middle infielder, dude's got eight homers now. Doesn't he have 12 Eduardo stolen bases? Uh, he's got eight. I think yep. he's got eight. I think, yeah. 12. Oh, he's got 12? 12. Oh, there you uh, go. He got his 12th today. Let me let me pull up his numbers because, yeah, I want to talk about him for a quick second. Just... Dude, it was it was, it was was uh, when I we went to the game on Saturday um, – it was free hat day, and we saw. Well, we also said it was free second base day because Hank Conger was catching and Matt Andres was pitching. Yes. Eduardo Nunez, soon as he got on base, first pitch gone. Gone. Had two stolen bases yesterday. Had one today. Seven homers, twelve stolen bases right now. On pace for twenty thirty five. I know that the pace is not going to come through, but what if what if he's like sixteen thirty like. At shortstop. I mean, how, how much of this is real for Eduardo Nunez? I understand that it's not all real, but let me, let me pull up something. I want to see where he's I at. I don't think any of the powers real. I, I've never saw this power, but today he went down and uh, the home where he hit was a curveball. He went down went and just golfed it up and got it out. The stolen bases are absolutely real. I mean, I've had this guy, I think I had him two of the past three years in AL Tout Wars. I would draft him just because. Girardi would stick him out there and let him run. Yep. So uh, yeah, he was somebody that I always pay. I used to love getting him as my middle infield target. I'm like, oh, Eduardo Nunez, that's the guy. And this year, I just wasn't able to get him. And you know, this couple, would have been the year things. to have him. <laughs> a couple, couple things on the power. Has raised his ISO every year since 2012, just incrementally. Yeah. So it continues to get better. Bad ball profile a lot better this year, more conducive to power. Went from 57 ground ball rate to 47 percent. Uh, most of it. Almost all of it went to the fly ball rate, 27 to 35%. This is Eduardo Nunez. He's spraying the ball around the field a bit more, 37, 31, 32% pull center oppo. And the 27% high contact rate is his highest ever. So at least there are some factors that you know match up with a power spike. Now you're saying that it's not going to hold up. That part is fair, but I think at least what we've seen has some viability to it. I don't know. I'd take a shot on this guy. It's not quite Danny Santana with like a 450 Babip just just running hot. It's 368, which is definitely on the high end. But for a speedy guy who's lacing the ball, you know, you you can you can get a you can do a 350 for a whole year. Like that's not the most outlandish thing ever. So right. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of vibing on on what Eduardo Nunez is doing right now. I just I guess I don't know how well, available he is. Look at Zips rest of the season, 284, 10 steals, the you know, other four homers. I mean, obviously, the run production is going to be kind of light up there, but at shortstop, you, you know, beggars can't be choosers. That, that's a great point. That's a great point. However, however, um, there is one guy that you, you didn't have to be a beggar or, or, or anything like that. You, you got the guy that you were hoping to get when you drafted Corey Seager. In fact, you're getting more. You, you, you should be – you should be <laughs> Thanking lucky stars that he's been this good because even with the gaudy expectations, when when they actually pan out on them, when players actually ex- reach or exceed them, we should still embrace it and be really really excited by it because I don't want to I don't want to like just gloss over what Corey Seager's doing because he was expected to be a star out of the gate. Hit two more homers today. He's up to 14. He's hitting 286 with a 341 533 triple slash. It's Probably the best Seager going, and that's no slight on Kyle because Kyle's out of his mind right now too. I think both of them should get to the All-Star game this year as it's going right now. What, what's up with Corey Seager? How do you feel about him as a, as a rising star? Uh, the power, 
honestly, the power surprises me because I remember talking about this. He was being drafted as the fourth or fifth best shortstop. And, yep. and we said, fourth. you know, yeah, we were like, you know what? That's that's rather aggressive. And that has to that has to play out for that to pay out. It is. Well, like it that. is right now. And the I like thing, that phrase. And the uh, and Nunez is right behind him. I'm looking at the, the Rotowire in-season draft uh, earned auction value. And Nunez is 20. And this is 12 team mixed. And uh, Corey Seager's twenty one dollars. Uh, wow. And then I mean, there's a lot of depth. I mean, Bogarts 36, Machado 31, Ian Desmond 30, Jonathan Villar 26, Trevor Story's down to 23. Uh, Aledmi, uh, I can't remember. Aledmi Diaz, no, you had it. Right. Diaz uh, 23, Lindor 23, Seager 21, Nunez uh, 20. So that's what your that's what your shortstop class looks like. And, and that's, but this is before this yeah. is before the two bombs a day. Yep, 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 yep. So. so yeah, it, this is definitely this definitely playing out. So you know, kudos to, for folks that that were willing to take the chance and took that. Meanwhile, there's Carlos Correa down a few spots below them. I mean, hell, Gene Segura has earned as much as Carlos Correa has this year. To say though, rank them rest of season: Correa, Bogarts, uh, Seager, and who am I missing? Who else is in that in that dream quartet? There's one young shortstop that everyone's screaming at there. Listening Not device Lindor. right now. Yeah, Lindor. I'm an, I'm an idiot. It's Lindor. So Seager, Lindor, um, Correa. God, why did I forget again? How stupid am I as a human being? Who are they? Bogarts. Bogarts. God. Ha- have a shorter term memory. You. I gotta move Bogarts off. down. I mean, right now he's he's number one. Number one with. Uh, but it's because everything's been so amazingly hot for them. That's got absolutely. We're starting to see signs of it now. Didn't they? They dropped two or three and get swept by the Reds uh, by uh, Toronto this weekend. I think they were swept. I think. I'm looking. I'm looking. So you got him fourth right now in the group. But just the offense is showing some signs of cooling off. No, I'll put it. I'll move him. You know, I, I want to say Lindor one, um, Seager two, Bogarts three, and Correa four. I mean, Correa getting. done eight homers eight steals 27 but the runs that's what's the stuff behind them is not helping uh, and he hasn't had as many opportunities in front of driving runs so he's doing the counting category he's just not hitting uh the batting average is only 267 right now and that's what's hurting him because these other guys are in the 320s and higher they went one and two in that series by the way for all you boston fans yeah i think we didn't get swapped that's how I hear you guys. I'm just kidding. Um, Jason, we're going to go ahead and cut it there. Uh, we're, we're getting a little bit choppy on, on, the, on the reception here. And, and since we are dealing with we, – we only had one other guy to talk about. Honestly, we can talk about him next week, or I can talk about him with Eno. It's not the gotcha. end of the world. Where are you traveling to this week? You're, you're in Hartford right now, and then are you going home or are you going somewhere else? I am in Hartford, and then I am home for the week. School is out on Thursday, and we are going to the Great Wolf Lodge. Uh, anybody who's got one of those in their areas uh, knows how much kids love those. So my kids are counting the days down, and then I am going on vacation to Fort Myers on the 14th. Fantastic. That sounds great. I really hope you enjoy that. I will be talking to you in a week's time. I'll be back with Eno on Wednesday. Jason, take care. All right, you too, man. Bye.